I will love it if we beat them. Love it. Hello, guys. Welcome back to episode six of the Sports Sit Down. Uh, today, I'm joined by Joe and also by Nathan. Uh, today, we'll be talking about the Premier League. So, obviously, last uh, last week's mid midweek uh, fixtures. Also, the weekend, including uh, North London Derby, Merseyside Derby. Also, the Championship we'll be covering. I know Joe's buzzing to talk about the the Steel City Derby that that occurred yesterday on Monday night. Um, absolutely buzzing for that one aren't I and then Nathan is buzzing to talk about the darts and also we've got some general like weekly talking points throughout sport um, and then we're just going to finish off with some Champions League predictions which take place tonight and tomorrow so I'm going to kick it off straight away with the Premier League review first game we've got to go to is the 12.30 kickoff on Saturday North London derby it finished Spurs 1 Arsenal 1 and uh, these two sides have come on you know, went into this game on the back of rather contrasting form. Um, so Spurs, having lost uh, two games on the bounce against both Burnley away and Chelsea away, whereas Arsenal obviously got that 5-1 victory midweek versus Bournemouth, so they were full of confidence. Um, did any of you guys watch this game? Yeah, I did. What did you make of it? Um, I thought it was quite a good game, actually. Yeah? For a 1-1. I thought it had quite a sort of fiery atmosphere, fiery tempo to it. You know, like an old school derby, there were quite a few yellow cards, and obviously that red card towards the end of the game for was it Torreira? Yeah, Torreira in the 95th minute. Yeah, a couple of uh, penalties, one which Lloris saved late on. Yeah, um, got an interesting quote which we'll we'll bring into it later from Pochettino about that. Um, Joe, did you watch the game, mate? Uh, no, I didn't. I've seen the highlights and everything. What did was, you make of it? Um, I thought both. Arsenal's missed penalty and to- the way Tottenham won their penalty were both controversial. Yeah. Um, I think if we're going to touch about it later, but personally, the the missed penalty in the 90th minute, was it? Yeah. Um, should have been retaken, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, I know Vertonghen didn't really have it, like influence the way the penalty was taken at all, but it's still against the rules to encroach yeah into it's, the yeah. box um, before the penalty has been taken and as you can see on the video proof of it he was miles in he was nearly in line with where the penalty he was almost taking the penalty himself at that yeah, point stepping up to the plate um, well yeah I remember um, it must be about 10 years back now it was, uh, I remember Lampard for Chelsea he had to re- I think he had to take the penalty I think three times because of the same the same issue which was when they started really picking up on encroaching in the box for penalties um, I don't know. I don't know why this this wasn't retaken. To be fair, because it it's against the rules, and you know if it if it's seen, it has to be re, retaken by the by the law of the game. Um, but in the game anyway, Spurs you'd expect were at home, so they did dominate the ball sixty percent to Arsenal's forty. Um, both both sides um, were quite weren't really great in terms of getting good attempts on targets. They're only Spurs are more so. They only got three of their eleven shots on target. Arsenal slightly better, four out of their nine. But it's quite an even game. I mean, 
Nathan, you said you watched it. Who do you think this was a fair result? Or mm, I thought Arsenal hard done by really not to pick up something more than a draw. Yeah, that was wasn't that Spurs' first draw of the season as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was and, actually. And very late on, it could have easily have been a, a loss for yeah. Tottenham. Imagine that they went the whole season without without drawing. It'd be, that is mental, to be fair. It's an odd one that would be. Um, but yeah, I'm. I mean, it kind of it definitely rules Spurs out of you know. We said uh, people say it, like pundits were saying this after Chelsea, but this definitely, I'd say, means it's a two horse race at the top between uh, Liverpool and Man City. Um, I guess it keeps Arsenal in contention for top four uh, with the likes of Chelsea and United as well. Um, I think Tottenham will finish fourth. Do you? I, d- I think I think United will probably catch them. Well, and take third. Yeah, I think if Man- if United can beat City um, in a couple of weeks' time, I think um, I definitely think that they can uh, secure third at the rate Tottenham are going, especially. Well, Tottenham, I think it was they played before City and Liverpool when they lost to Burnley. Was it two one? Two one, yeah. And I think that would have taken them two or three points off the top. And they would have had to play City later on. And if they would have won that, if they would have won all their remaining games, they would have been champions pretty much. Yeah. But now they're 10 points off the top in the space of three games. Yeah, it's, it just proves what football, like the Premier League in particular, how, you know, you, you can't really call anything. Like people would be saying um, Spurs going to Turf Moor against Burnley, that would be an easy win because of Burnley's track record, as I mentioned last week, against top six. But, you know... Premier League especially with what Nathan was saying about Tottenham having the potential to even have gone on to win it before that yeah. Burnley result they still had Liverpool they still do have Liverpool and City to play yeah. so it was completely in their hands before that Burnley result yeah I mean it, it that's it's the game it, it is beautiful but like it, some like we saw it with Chelsea just weeks back um, how dips serious dips in form and um how you can like your season can be written off over the case of you know just a few games and spurs as much as i've praised them like and and others have as well for what pochettino's done with that squad it's now looking like something's going to give i don't know if it's going to be him if it's going to be a shake up of of the squad because i i personally think that they might have to sell one of their main forwards such as ericsson um and if that does happen, guys, who who do you think they'd be most likely to to sell on, out of you know uh, Son, Ericsson, Ali, and Kane? Well, I, I like you just said about Ericsson. I do know Real Madrid are very interested. Yeah. in Ericsson, uh, he could be a potential big big player for Galactico them. sort yeah. of signing. Yeah. Um, well, they've not signed anyone for two transfer windows now. You're not going to win anything major if you're not contributing uh, player wise, bringing in new talent to yeah. freshen up the squad. I mean, yeah, we all like Spurs starting eleven, but outside of it, it's yeah, it's it's not as strong team. as the other teams around them. Yeah, like even Chelsea, I know they're they're further behind, but they do have players they can bring off the bench, such as Giroud. Um, he's not obviously not at the level yet, but Hudson Odoi has always looked promising when he's come on. You know, Loftus Cheek, exactly, yeah, um, Kovacic or Barkley, either or. Um, and that's just an example because when when you look at United, they have the likes of Sanchez. Often, sometimes Lingard, Fred, you know, matter. Yeah, that's what that's what I mean. Like they have these strong benches as well, and I think we'll touch upon it later. But I think that's perhaps where Liverpool also are lacking in comparison to City. You know, having hands play Origi, Sturridge compared to City's, you know, Mares, Jesus, 
Um, but we'll touch upon that later. Um, but where where do you we'll just we won't go on too much about Tottenham. Um, but where do you where do you guys think they need to improve this squad? As obviously he's Pochettino transitioned it and made I'd say he's made all the players a lot better. But obviously we haven't really seen the results in terms of trophies. Um, but I personally think there needs to be a bit of a shake up and they need some fresh faces and make blood some more young players in. But I, I think for me it would have to be in central midfield, replacing Musa Dembele. Yeah. He was crucial for them. Yeah. Just yeah. like a tank in that midfield, won everything. Yeah. And he contributed quite a lot, not in goals wise, but in terms of going forward, what he brought to the team. But um like Dyer, uh, Winks, I do like Winks, he's technically good player but is he really going to be able to change games like mm. take them by the scruff of the neck like Dembele yeah um, no, yeah I agree and yeah. I think for quite a few seasons a lot of people have called Spurs' fullbacks part of the strongest part of their team but we saw Trippier's oh we did Trippier's own goal against Chelsea midweek a lot of Spurs fans have been calling on the manager to change something in that position because he's just been underperforming for quite a few weeks and months now. Yeah, well, I, I, I personally don't. I thought he'd be better when he came in from PSG, um, Serge Aurier as well. But I, I'm yet to see uh, his, you know, the quality. I think he's quite. Whenever I've seen him, if I was a Spurs fan, I'd be on edge because he's quite rash. He jumps into tackles. He gets involved in skirmishes, and um, I do agree with you there. Actually, especially with Trippier, I think he's 28 now, so he's not getting. You know he's he's become he's yeah, coming. Yeah, old. I didn't yeah, yeah. Nice. Um, so that I think that's a fair point. I think yeah, uh, right back looking to send send mid, maybe some forward backup. Well, that's the thing. Laurente is just mm. nowhere near the same quality as Harry Kane, and they do need another sort of obviously not to that level, but they need another big striker on the bench. But who's going to go there at this point? Yeah. Because they always know Kane's going to be number one, so they'll always just be second fiddle. Yeah. I mean, even somebody that could play across the four positions up front, uh, like um, in the uh, attacking positions. Um, but then, like you just said there, Nathan, I think it would be really hard to, especially if it's if it's somebody like um, David Neres at, at Ajax, you can play either wing and attacking midfield. Why is he going to want to give up playing, you know, starting every single game or even potentially going to another side, a great, another Champions League side and starting every game as well? Or is he going to sit on the bench at Tottenham and get the occasional game? So that's where it, it is really hard to attract the bigger name players. But And also you've got to think about their financial restrictions as well. Are they Can they go and spend 50 million on one player? Well, exactly with this new stadium as well. Yeah. I mean, are we really going to see Daniel Levy giving cash to Pochettino to just go out and spend... Like say 50, 60 million on one player. I just, I just really can't see it. Yeah. Um, well, going back to the game, I know there was a, a quote that Joe, Joe found quite amusing that Pochettino said post match. Or was it Joe? Uh, oh, I thought you wanted to say it. No, nah, Joe. Come on, this was your. You've written. You've written. This is mine. Don't anybody else say it on Apple. <laughs> Did I? Oh yeah. man. Um, no. It's, so Pochettino said afterwards when he when he was asked about uh, Lloris's penalty save, he said it was a massive present for him. Um, because it was his birthday on the day, um, I mean it. It sums it up, doesn't it? Really, like I don't. I don't think he's really happy with the situation right now. Final question. Final bit about Spurs. Will Pochettino be there next year? Yeah, 
I think. Mm-hmm. Joe, yeah. you agree? Yeah. 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 Uh, I'm. I could see Real Madrid. I could see potentially Real Madrid and then taking a couple of the Spurs boys with him. I That's mean, interesting. Yeah, yeah I, I could see it, but you know, that job it's always going to be there. Yeah. Like eventually for him, if he wants it, and he's got this project that Spurs just don't see him putting an end to it. But how long? How long can that project last? You know what I mean? Well, this is the thing they've been, they've not won anything yet. Yeah. That's how long can they keep going about winning yeah. trophies before? Only time will tell, boys. Um, the other game uh, I think worth talking about is Man U versus Southampton. Yeah. So United got an 88th minute winner uh, through Lukaku and that was his second of the game. Um, I'm going to ask you again, boys, did we watch it? I only saw the highlights for this one. Yeah. Yeah, exact same. Yeah. What, what, from what you saw, what who really stood out? Who who grabbed the game by the scruff of the neck? The United? obvious one to go with to start with Lukaku. I think yeah. it's probably his best game under Solskjaer. Maybe yeah. his best game of the season up there, definitely. Yeah. I just He just looked... Like just a handful really up front yeah I mean I haven't looked at the stats because I, I personally didn't watch it I only watched highlights and looked at some of the stats it's what we expect you know uh, United restricting Southampton to 36% of, of the ball however I must say that I believe I, th- I think that Southampton gave you know gave it a good go to say they've gone away to Old Trafford which is one of the most difficult places to go in the league for an away game Um so they took they took nine shots, uh, Southampton, uh, three on target, which isn't great. But I've, there's been times where teams have gone to to Old Trafford and they've not conjured up a shot on target. Um, I think it was as, as well was it last week that uh, oh no that's it yeah when Man City at the weekend played Bournemouth, Bournemouth didn't have a single shot. So that is incredible. Like isn't it? this is what I mean against the bigger sides. Te- like teams do sometimes struggle. I think that Southampton. I think we're seeing a lot more resilient Southampton side under Hassan Huttle. Um and he, he even said afterwards we deserve more we played a fantastic game tactically we showed we can play with the ball and press them so he's obviously liking what he sees but for Southampton it still leaves them in a very dangerous place they're just a place they're, they're sat in 17th a place outside of the top uh, the bottom three sorry um, I think they'll have enough to stay up but they they do leak a lot of goals as well, which is quite worrying. And they don't score a great amount. Mm-hmm. So, how do, do we think that they'll be safe? Or I think are we going off well, Huddersfield are down? We know that. Yeah, and Fulham. And Fulham. I think as we've well, got to write those two off. So well, Fulham at eight. Well, they're not even eight points from safety. They're ten points from safety. Yeah, they have to win. F- I can't see them winning another four games before. And that's just to like get sort of level and even like even get have a chance. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and they've still got some very tough games ahead. They've got Liverpool, City, Wolves away. Is this not, Fulham? Yeah, yeah, Fulham. yeah. I can't see him doing it. To be honest, I, I think Southampton will still fit. they'll take they'll take, definitely take positives from this. The manager seems to have taken positives from it, and if he does, then ev- all the players have got you know. I think he's really brought the best out of James Ward-Prowse. I think, I think he's a good player at this point there's a shout for him to be in contention for the next England squad yeah for sure what about Redmond although I don't did he pick Ireland or Republic of Ireland or there was talk of him potentially switching which we know that Declan Rice has come out and he's done the opposite and switched from his allegiance from Ireland to England um, which has caused up a bit of a stir in the in the British press 
Um, but, yeah. Yeah. I doubt it'll be in the really English side of that press. It'll probably be more the yeah. Irish. Yeah, for sure. And, and to be fair, it's not, it's not his fault that Ireland, Republic of Ireland didn't cap him. Like, yeah. <laughs> they were too late to it. Yeah. Um, anyway, back to the game. I thought quite a unique stat about this fixture was that United have come from behind to win nine Premier League matches against Southampton, an outright record in the competition. So maybe we should have predicted this one, boys. But, <laughs> you know. Um, but, yeah, I, I've read here that uh, Andres Pereira was man of the match. Um, so it seems that these loans that he's had over the last few years, because we, like he's been quite well known um, in the Manchester United setup. Uh, coming through the youth youth academy and that, but he's gone on loans the likes of uh, Valencia and Granada in Spain, and he seems to have matured. And he's he's kind of switched from more of an attacking midfielder to a deep line playmaker. Um, and it, I just heard here today um, that he was you know put in a really good performance to help get the win. Um, definitely, it was a crucial three points for United. To be fair, because it kind of definitely kept him. Um, in contention for that third place position with Tottenham uh, and also it gave them a bit of a better chance of getting into the top four as well yeah I mean they, they're going to be really happy with this as well because both side both sides did lead have, have spells where they led in the game um, uh, but to win it late so, so late on like as United often do um, or they get a point from somewhere who was it they played when Lindelof got the last minute equaliser, I don't remember who it was, but I remember me and Adam were, were talking about it and then uh, got back home and saw that they, they'd equalised. Um, so they're at it again, getting a late equaliser, um, a late winner, sorry, to get rather than getting the point, getting three points. And it's just going to keep chipping away at getting into their into the top four. Well, especially with all the injuries Barely. they've got at the minute. I think just impressive. But Solskjaer's got them working and they're still picking up results even with some crucial injuries like Lingard, Mata, you know. Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was Burnley you ran There about. we go. I thought, there we go. <laughs> um, yeah. Anything else we want to say? About um, just looking at it, I think that Southampton, although they are getting close to the drop, I do believe they'll probably stay up. Um, yeah. Just based on the fact that the teams below them, including Cardiff, I, although they're only two points off of Southampton, I just don't think they've got it in them. Yeah. Um, having conceded, Cardiff have nearly conceded 60 goals this season. Yeah. Just nearly on par with Fulham. Who do we all think will also go down with Fulham and Huddersfield? I mean, Cardiff. Yeah, a few weeks back, I wouldn't have said Cardiff. Uh, I probably would have said somebody like Burnley because Burnley are going through a really bad spell. Um and if Brighton hadn't, which we'll talk about um, just next, if Brighton hadn't won that game, their home game against Huddersfield this weekend, I would have put them in contention because they have, they have recently slumped right down to near the bottom. Um, I personally think Cardiff will go down. Uh, it's I, like, I think it's between Southampton and Cardiff, personally. Yeah. Um, as long as, as you said, as long as this win against Huddersfield has kind of made, um, broken Brighton's woeful performances as of late um, I think they shouldn't have an issue with staying up and it probably the same with Burnley as well yeah well let's go on to that game that you've just mentioned there Joe uh, Brighton versus Huddersfield um, so yeah as we just said Brighton really been on a poor run they, it was a 
seven game winless streak. So Chris Hutton at this point would have been happy with however they won the game, whether it was 1 0, 2 1, 4 3. I'm sure he would have taken it. Um, there's a lot of people calling for him to potentially get the sack. Um, but I mean, there wasn't really too much that went on in this game. Both sides aren't really great going forward. So there's not really much for us to analyse. All I can really say is... Um, you know what will be an interesting game, just looking at Huddersfield's fixtures? Um, not for maybe Huddersfield as much, but their last game of the season is against Southampton, okay. which would be an interesting game, yeah. um, especially if it gets down to the wire at the bottom of the table. Because let's yeah. face it, Huddersfield need to double their points to get out of the relegation zone. Yeah, where did you, where did you find where did you do that maths from, um, Joe? Well, fourteen times two is twenty eight. Yeah, quick maths. And uh, yeah. Southampton are on twenty seven. So yeah, that's where I'm, I definitely didn't get it off the document you emailed to us really late at the last minute. Well, there you go, boys. You know, helping the others out. You know, so, somebody's turned to plan the podcast, wasn't it, Nathan? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Got there in the end. Didn't and Elko was too important. So, <laughs> what <a> player? <laughs> uh, yeah, but in this game, Brighton had fifty three percent possession. Um, Took, they took eight more shots than, than Huddersfield, which is not going to surprise anyone because Huddersfield do not create many chances at all. But um, but Brighton had uh, but they had the same amount on target, showing that Brighton were quite wasteful with... Well, they, they're just not creating quality chances, whereas Huddersfield aren't creating sh- many chances, but when they do, they seem to be better. But then that could literally just be big Steve Mooney or Lauren Depoitre passing it into... Matty Ryan in the Brighton net, you know. Um, I think Brighton were deserving of this win. Yeah. I think Pritchard you know, forced forced the keeper into an early save. Um, sorry, that was that was Huddersfield player. Oh, he's <laughs> had a mare there. No, uh, Jack, how do you pronounce it? Jahan Baksh or something? Oh, Jahan Kabash. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. he hit the bar. Um, knockout. So, um, and Doné got on the end of Knockout's cross yeah. towards the end of the game. I think Brighton, prob- like you said, probably had more shots, just wasteful, really. But the Huddersfield strikers, they just don't, they don't do it, do they? No. In this level. I mean, Mounier, um, Kachunga, Depotre, and they've got Carlin Grant, who was it from? Charlton, yeah. was it? Even though you say this, but it was actually quite nice to see, obviously, Huddersfield have kind of kind of not confirmed but they're very likely to go down this season it was nice to see them pick up their I think third win of the season especially yeah. against Wolves who yeah just in midweek very, wasn't it? especially Wolves are a very strong side at the moment yeah so um, it, it was a shock result to say the least yeah I mean Jan, uh, Jan Suet the, the new manager that they brought in a couple of weeks back he, he, I don't know if you guys caught it the, the footage of him after the goal celebrating like mad with his coaching staff and then he, he remembers Oh wait, it's like the ninety second uh, second minute, and this could be our first win in 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 ages. Um, so then he he pushes his team away, and then says says to the players, "Get back, get back." And then after the game, he starts celebrating again. So it was quite it's quite nice, like you said, Joe. It's nice to see because I don't really I, don't, I think Huddersfield were really happy with how they did last year, but they knew it was going to be, and everyone everybody did say it will be difficult for them to repeat this this year. Um, because they did have a lot of fortune last year to stay up, let's be honest. Yeah. Um, but um, the way they're going about it before before next season, I mean, it's not just a fact of like Fulham, for example, spent hundreds of millions yeah. of pounds, big wages, and then get relegated, and then you've got to deal with all this 
all this money you might have to get rid of out of the club all these players on big contracts and stuff yeah whereas Huddersfield they clearly have a plan in place I mean bring in uh, sort of unproven at this level but it goes with their sort of motto the way they like to play football after Wagner they clearly got a plan in place for next yeah. season and if they can keep some of these these players and bring in a few more sort of championship uh, like people, proven championship mm. players that, that can then like develop. I can't see the strikers possibly staying yeah perhaps and, but yeah they could easily go straight back up unlike other teams you've seen we spent big money and then end up going down, down, and just yeah. staying down. Aston Villa, sort of. Yeah, yeah, struggling, aren't they? To yeah, come back up, even though they got the four 0 win at the weekend. But. Oh, nice little intersection yeah. there. Um, yeah, so I mean, there was also the Merseyside derby this weekend, Sunday. Speaking of another boring derby, isn't it? yeah, um, not really much happening in this one, was there, boys? No. I mean. Uh, I think Liverpool fans were quite shocked by the team selection. Although they had won 5-0 midweek versus Watford, I think they're quite surprised to see Origi start. Um, and they definitely weren't happy with... Well, one Liverpool fan that I know, he definitely wasn't happy with the subs that they brought that they brought on um, Milner and Lalana instead of you know utilising the likes of Sturridge, Cater and Shakiri, who were also on the bench and were unused substitutes. Um, yeah, exactly. Well, I mean... We were, we were talk, as we were on, on call at, when the game kicked off and you were saying how poor quality it was, weren't you? Like, I think Everton, I thought they played well. They defend, they pretty much nullified Liverpool's attack. Um, they were sort of playing sort of long, long balls forward. I mean, Pickford, the amount of times he would just send the ball straight up and it would go back to Alisson. Yeah. I mean, I think they weren't just trying to like get the ball out of the danger area and then carry on. It was more of a case of it was probably the best way they best chance they had. Um, they started with Walcott on the wing, Bernard on the other, Sigerson in behind, Calvert Lewin who was just running his socks off all yeah. game. Yeah, I think Liverpool really are struggling going forward at the minute. Do we think that with them now a point behind City played the same games? Um, do we think that City have our minds changed? I think we've all said City for a long while. Yeah. Um, I'll stick with that. Yeah, I'll stick with City as well, Joe. Uh, although I'd like to see, as I've said before, Liverpool possibly win it. Um, I think that City will probably do it. Yeah. Both teams have got around the City. They haven't got... Uh, one team hasn't got an easier run than the other team. They've both got to still go up against teams like Tottenham or uh, stuff like that. I think... I think Liverpool will probably have a slightly slightly easier run in. Uh, got Chelsea at home and Tottenham at home, whereas City have got is it United at home, Chelsea oh no, they play Chelsea Spurs away, is it? Um oh no, Spurs C- at home. Spurs home, United yeah. away. I mean, last game of the season falls it's Liverpool at home to Wolves, who are like we Joe said earlier, you know, you don't know what to expect from them, they're really good attack uh, counter attacking side. Um, Liverpool have also got to play the bottom um, four, the bottom four teams. Still. Oh, really? So, so they could they could make up twelve points and and yeah, like Newcastle as well. Yeah. Teams who aren't doing as well or very close but to the bottom of the table. Liverpool, let's go back to Liverpool. Two nil nil draws against their two biggest rivals, Everton yeah. and United, away from home. I mean, if they would have won both these games, or at least one of them, would have put them in a better position going forward. But 
Yeah, I just like you said earlier as well with Klopp and his substitutions. When you've got a player like Shakiri on the bench, you can do something different to your other attacking yeah. players, sort of open up the gaps. But they just brought on Lallana. I mean, yeah, he's not really been doing it. Well, since his, his injuries, he's not really come back as the same sort of player that that left um, before, just before, and it was at Southampton. I, I feel, I feel, I would feel much um, safer placing money on the fact that Man City would get better results out of their next like um, nine games than I would on Liverpool. I think City are definitely more consistent, and I think that's. Liverpool had it in their court. It was all in their hands and they've kind of yeah. bottled it a year, bit. How many points was it? Ten, I think. Yeah. Ten points every, ahead. Everyone at that point was saying oh, Li- Liverpool. Liverpool, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, do we think that the Champions League, how that pans out, do you think that could affect it? Like, if say if Liverpool were knocked out by PSG, uh, not PSG, who was it they were playing? In the Champions League. Bayern Munich, that's it, sorry. they also got to go to Allianz next week. Um, whereas City, although the, the the game wasn't, as we saw, so easy for them, that we would say they have the easier time against Schalke at home. Um, if City were to, to go through to the quarterfinals and Liverpool was to get knocked out, could that then you know change things again? In my opinion, I, don't f- I think if it was the other way, where City got knocked out and Liverpool stayed in, I think it would make it harder for Liverpool. For whereas... Sure. City staying in, I think they've already got one trophy under their belt this season. I think they've got this. I don't think yeah. Liverpool have got the squad depth yeah. to be able to maintain lots of different tournaments. I mean, when you can play a choice of Bernardo, Mares, Sterling, and Sarney on the wings, yeah. Whereas Liverpool, we know what the front three is, and when it's not the same front three like Origi on the weekend, it's just not the same, is it? Yeah. Um, though one positive for Liverpool will be the Oxlade Chamberlain. Um, should be back soon. I mean, we last year when they played City in the semi-final of the Champions League, that he was he was key. Um, I remember he scored a really good goal at Anfield. Um, I think is it Joe Gomez coming back soon potentially as well. So that that, that obviously going to be boost because they have been quite unlucky in in terms of how many injuries they've had this season. But um, I think that normally we'd say that. Two draws again, you know, two draws away, both United then Everton for Liverpool. We'd normally say that, that's not bad because, like you say, it's the two biggest games of the season probably. But in this circumstance, you know, two draws isn't isn't quite enough, which Liverpool fans aren't obviously aren't going to be happy about. Um, well, but, we 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 know what was to blame it anyway, don't we? Because it was the wind's fault. Yeah, it's kind of yeah, gone it's with Klopp. the wind. I mean, yeah. Have you seen the memes of Klopp as a weatherman? <laughs> <laughs> Some real gusts coming in today. <laughs> Although he did he did say that, but he did go on to praise Everton's defence. You know, saying that we had some chances, but the defence or Jordan Pickford was always there. Um, but then said that Everton created very little, which from from what I understand is the case. What do you guys think of Mo Salah at the moment? Because he's definitely took a dip in form. Like I think he's he's not. I think has he scored one goal in his past like six or seven? Um, it, I think it was against Bournemouth was his last goal. I think I genuinely think I I I'm, in my opinion I don't think he's been obviously st- he still scored quite a few goals this season he's still up there top goal scorers in the league but in my opinion I don't think he's been the same player since the Champions League final last year yeah you know with his shoulder injury yeah I just 
he just doesn't seem quite the same player. Looks more. Hmm. It's not all clicking for him at the minute. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, he, he did play very. To be to be fair, to him, he did he did play really well against Watford because um, we had that game on in the flat, living with two Liverpool fans, unfortunately. Um, yeah, we had he. I think it was the Watford left back Adam Messina. He just somehow there must have been ten yards difference. Like he was ten yards ahead. Somehow makes it round him. Messina's like pulling him, and is able to assist his teammate. Or, or I think, I think he played it into the box to Man. Actually, it might, yeah, it was for the Mane back heel. Did you guys see that? The yeah, goal. the back heel was, was sensational. It was a great it? goal, wasn't it? Um, but that's, I don't know. With uh, the City wingers like Sane and Sterling, as much as people hammer Sterling and that, um, he does score and assist a lot. His contribution in games is massive. Whereas I feel like Liverpool's wingers like Mane he'll have really really good games but then he'll have massive off games as well and you need your your forwards to be you know if if all of them don't perform then Liverpool look quite average which might be a bit harsh in terms because they they have done so well this year in terms of where they've been in the league but I think it's only fair to that we analyse each team you know the same way um, what, what, were there any other Premier League games we wanted to talk about well I just wanted to touch upon Watford versus Leicester which Rogers' first yeah Ro- Rogers um, taking charge of Leicester for the first time I'm sure I'd be really disappointed conceding a 90 second minute winner thanks to Andre Gray um, and Deeney again re- really a handful for the Leicester defence he got a goal and an assist and he's just a constant you know nuisance really um, Leicester dictated the ball I think it was 62% possession they had um, but only got two of their 14 shots on target which you know it, it's really not good enough is it the, the quality of chance bearing in mind that, that one of them is a goal so they've only had one other attempt on target throughout the game I personally think that Leicester should be looking for potentially a Vardy replacement or somebody to challenge him you know come next season because he is getting old now 32 um, and Iki and Acho signed from City there was a lot of expectation seems to I know he wasn't favoured under Puel but he just seemed I don't know what's happened to him he was scoring some some good goals he, he scored a fair few for City coming off yeah. the bench didn't he but yeah. I know a lot of the Leicester fans just don't see don't see it in him any quality really yeah. um, interesting statistic if so it took uh, Rogers 90 minutes to get his first loss as Leicester manager how long how many minutes do you think it took uh-huh. him to get his first league loss with Celtic minutes we're talking minutes oh, uh, it was over a year was it so how how many minutes do you think it took and this is just uh, in the league was it over a year or no just against Scottish teams sorry. was it over just a year Scottish yeah, teams. because I can't do the math 6,210 yeah. 6, minutes because oh. Celtic went on a around that because I think he might have taken him out they went on a 69 match winning streak against um, any Scottish team in like league or cup yeah um, I don't know if Rogers was there for all of that I think he was there for probably about 60 something of them but yeah. still that is an amazing amazing like obviously it's Celtic in, in Scotland it's a really good league that oh, well I know it was his only his first game in charge but I wasn't really I didn't really see many changes apart from the formation wise so far because I mean he played five at the back 
Okay. And often it was like a 5-4-1 in the way they were defending. Um, I mean, Morgan had another shocker, really. He's just he's getting on. Yeah. He's, he's not nowhere near the same play. He's got no pace about him whatsoever. He seems to be making some rash decisions positionally as well. I just think if he is going to play three at the back from now on, Rogers, maybe that's something... Kalkuli, is that the Turkish? Oh, uh, Sionku. Yeah, the centre back. Yeah, Kaglas. Butchered that, didn't you? Yeah, <laughs> I did butcher that a bit. Quite close. <laughs> yeah, I just think, yeah, keep him out of the team, in my opinion, Morgan, and move him on in the summer. I, I loved what, um, I know it's a bit off topic from analysing the actual football element, but Watford, um, Watford's Twitter account was popping up afterwards saying stuff like, um, we welcome all of them. Um, our new fans from the north and stuff like that because um, obviously yeah. Uh, oh, yeah Celtic have been giving Rogers a bit of stick it's as of late bit, it's a bit unnecessary in my opinion so a, bit a, it's a, bit, a lot of it's a bit hard is it like, death threats you mentioned the other day well maybe not I don't think they're direct death, uh, death, death threats mm-hmm. but um, I, they were like a bit overboard really it, it was like no offence but he, he took you on a long winning streak or a long unbeaten streak. Sorry, I don't think you should really be. Well, they were the clearly dominant side. He didn't really have a challenge in Scotland, really. Yeah. Did he? Like, yeah. I know Chris Sutton said Celtic Reserves is a bigger team than Leicester will ever be. Like, you can tell everyone in Scotland is like, yes, Celtic, why has he left this, this project he's got winning titles yeah. to go to a mid table Premier League team? And the others are saying Scotland is enough in league. Yeah. They don't ever do anything in Europe. I mean, it's true though, isn't it? Like, I, I know yeah. it sounds really harsh, and I'm not saying that. I just don't think. I think week in, week out, Scottish teams don't play against high enough standard no. players or teams with the to Premier, compete with the Premier League money behind them. Celtic and Rangers could be. Yeah, what hypothetically would would we like to see that? What seeing you know two or three of the Scottish teams in the Premier League? I mean. I don't, I don't know how much of a chance the likes of Aberdeen would stand. I don't think that. I think they'd be I relegation. Think it, I think it'd be interesting. It's like when, um, it's like it'd be a twenty. Was it twenty twelve Olympics where they put Pistorius in the um, hundred meters for like the no, like not normal. That's offensive, but you know what I mean, like the non paralymp the Olympics. Yeah. The no, like, yeah. So again. Um, <laughs> pretty normal but you know what I mean like they put him in for it because he'd won everything he was dominating via Paralympics and uh, I think he got hammered didn't he like so maybe that'd happen I think it'd be interesting to see maybe they'd get more money in him if they were a Premier League team yeah they'd have the the money from the TV deals for a start at the same time think if it was like Southampton versus Celtic that is a very long way to travel yeah and also you've got you've also got to think as much as there's not as much back in You've got to think about the other, you know, the SPFL it, as a whole. It, what would happen about Celtic and Rangers? They were like liquid, yeah. 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 Like, Celtic are currently six. Celtic are sixteen points ahead of Aberdeen, who are sit third. Gosh. And like that is just what I like, what, Yeah. It, I I wouldn't even find it entertaining to just watch oh, the, the other the rest the rest of the league. I don't know what would happen to it. To be fair, like there's. The, I don't know. That's what I mean. Nobody would really be interested. Those two teams do kind of keep. I mean, we saw it when Rangers, uh, you know, got penalised and went into administration 
Um, it's probably why they back. went on that massive unbeaten streak. Celtic. Well, yeah, but we saw how much people were always talking about that rivalry between the two. It's massive rivalry, but um, the rest of the league is yeah, just there's not really ranges in the league with Celtic. The league suffered from a entertainment standpoint yeah, more than sure. anything. Yeah, yeah. It was Hearts who actually ended um, Celtic's unbeaten run. With, well, they, you, they yeah. thrashed them four 0 <laughs> it went out in style then just, just like Bournemouth and Chelsea in it just oh, yeah. getting yeah, that yeah. one in there again yeah, yeah dig 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 it's a shame last night it wasn't 4-0 to Wednesday wasn't it yeah. um, <laughs> to Wednesday but, yeah. uh, <laughs> going back to the Watford Leicester game uh, at Vicarage Road um, the ma- the uh, manager for Watford uh, Javi Grathia uh, said we're enjoying this season who knows what can happen in the future because the, um, they've kind of quietly gone under the radar them and Wol- well, Wolves more so have been praised more publicly, but Le- uh, Watford have just really been m- motoring on and are sitting, you know, really comfortably in seventh. I'd um, like to see. Um, I think earlier this week I saw it for some reason it popped up. The I'd love to see the league table look a bit like how it used to when um, maybe about eight years ago or something when you didn't know who was going to finish yeah. fifth or sixth. Maybe the top few teams, top like maybe top three, were kind of secured at like. Um, Man United, Chelsea, Arsenal. Yeah. But you didn't know if if City were going to fit. Obviously, City now aren't the team they used to be. But it'd be nice to see teams like Wolves or I remember the days where Everton used to be pushing. Aston Villa as well. Yeah. Yeah. And Blackburn. Newcastle. And teams like that who used to be pushing for like fifth and sixth. I think it's because the top six. Tottenham and City. Tottenham Tottenham and City never used to be. No. Maybe not. Maybe Tottenham a bit more. But City never used to be that that powerhouse of a team who kind of. Well, the top four. The main four teams, Liverpool, Arsenal. The last decade, well, this decade before this one, was Chelsea, United, Liverpool, Arsenal. and Arsenal. And yeah, sure. Pretty much, you'd always get one of those, at least three of them in the top four. Yeah, I norm- normally it'd be them four. I mean, you'd, you, you perhaps might get Everton or someone like that pushing yeah. for fifth or sixth. Like you said, Villa, Blackburn, someone like yeah, that. Yeah, but like like you said, it it would spice things up, but. I don't. I just don't know now whether there's that much of a, there's that much of a gap between. The, there is the, such the, a difference. The sides. I mean, we saw it with Leicester winning the league. If you, I don't yeah. think we're going to see a team come from well mediocrity in the Premier League to win the title again well, in our lifetimes. Well, I just just wait until next season when United are up there. Uh, what, so you're saying they'll definitely be up there, then, Joe? Yeah. Uh-huh. Going out on a limb there. Oh, so. I'll put, if they go up this season, I'll put five quid on the fact that they'll win next season and watch me become like one of them <laughs> overnight rich people. Well, we can tell he's getting a bit excited, so I think it's time for, ahead of for, himself, isn't he? for Joe to analyse last night's thriller game. There was nothing exciting about it, was there, really? Though? YouTube, did you watch it? I know Nathan I, watched I, it. I didn't watch it. You really didn't miss anything. Yeah. I, I honestly regretted going out and buying drinks for it. <laughs> like, I genuinely did. It was such a snore fest. <laughs> it, was, it, it, it was like, there was... Um, a penalty call in the first half for United, which in my opinion was a penalty. Um, oh, what was his name? Hector, wasn't it? Yeah, the um, Chelsea loaner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a real. Other than that, he had a really good game. Um, played really well for Wednesday. Yeah, he, he was in a lot of. He was in the right spot at a lot of times. Was he centre back or defensive mid? Because I know he can play either. Was he full back? I have no idea. About uh, Hector, centre back, centre back. Yeah. Um, no, he just he didn't even look at the ball. He just it reminded me of kind of the way um, Panama treated um, Harry Kane at the World Cup. A bit rough and ready. And yeah, kind of didn't even. But he wasn't even looking at the ball when it came in from the corner. He just kind of grabbed Medine by the shoulders and pulled him down. 
Um, and other than that, the first half was pretty slow. Uh, Medina had the best chance. It was a quite a good save by Westwood. Um, big boy Westwood. Yeah, big boy Westwood making an appearance. Um, <laughs> he's been played a lot more recently, actually, um, under Bruce. Bruce, because yeah. he was kind of take uh, a lot of the Wednesday players, more senior players, had kind of been pushed to the back a bit. Um, under I can't even remember who oh, was. Was Joss Lukai. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's a little nugget for you guys. Uh, and then in the second half, I think United probably had the better. Of the, they played a little bit better, but Wednesday had the best chance of a game. I don't know how that, that chance didn't go in for it slipped my mind now. Was it Hutchinson? Is this Wednesday's chance in the second half? Oh, is this when. Um, was it Aaron's or, or was it Hutchinson? I know one of them I, slipped I, the other in. I think Hutchinson was one who got a, fit, got a touch on it. He basically, he kicked it. He had the, it was edge of six yard box and it went straight at keeper. Um, other than that, as I said, it was just a slow game. It's the third yeah. nil-nil steel derby um, in a row. Really? And it's gone from last season when United went to Hillsborough winning 4-2, which was a thriller of a game. <laughs> um, and not just because United won. If Wednesday had won 4-2, I'd have still said it was, yeah, a, it's competitive, it was a thriller yeah. of a game. Yeah. Whereas now it's kind of just been more... Yeah, it was right. a bit of a scrappy game. Um, I said average, I think, afterwards to you, Nathan. But yeah. I think I think average, you'd have to argue your point pretty I hard think, yeah. for. Big Steve Bruce said in his post-match comments about how it was just, you know, two two local teams, like a fiery derby, but it, it lacked that real uh, purpose in attack. And it was just maybe like the occasion more than the match. It was quite intense, but nothing really to show for the game. So was it a case of none of them were really daring enough to... You know, to go for for the victory, or like we're both. Did, how did it seem when you watched it? Was it both were pretty happy to take the point, or um, like I, were they really going for it? Or? I don't think um, Wilder will have been that happy with the point. I think he'll have taken it because it's obviously a, a local derby away, um, especially when you both teams are in practically the exact same form as of late. They're both doing very well, so I think he'll have probably taken a point. It'd have been nice to see him push for them three points because they yeah. had they had the they just didn't create the chances or didn't finish well enough and as you were saying about it being fiery there was over 30 fouls in really? the game god um, so a lot of stop start yeah like a rugby game no yellow cards though really yeah none at all it, they were just as you said just small let it go quite a few of them in my opinion yeah. yeah just trying to keep the flow yeah more than anything well it's kind of like by the sounds of how you guys have described it um, and looking at the stats, it does seem like it's a bit of a carbon copy of the Liverpool Everton game, in terms of like as well about the result. Um, so the current circumstances, United usually they, you know, I'm sure they take you know a point away at Wednesday, but the circumstances they're in, needing to get points to try and challenge for uh, automatic promotion, I'm sure it, Wilder would have loved getting three points. He'd have loved it, but also a point leaves it still in their hands. Yeah, in the way that they have got. If the next two weeks we've got two more local derbies, we've got um, Rotherham and they've got Leeds. Uh, and that, that game against Leeds is, in my opinion, probably going to determine who goes up um, via automatic promotion because I know United are two points behind, but as long as they keep up with the results Leeds are getting, if they can beat Leeds there uh, at Ellen Road, I definitely think United could go up. Yeah. Um, well, Le- going to Leeds on a Friday night, Romped past West Brom on four goals to nil. Mm. Yeah, I think their attacking players just really clinical. 
you know, Bamford got got a double. Yeah. Jack Harrison there with an assist. Tyler Roberts with a couple of assists. Um, yeah, so some of their young players really shone through here. Yeah. Um, I think Pablo Hernandez has been one of the outstanding players in yeah, the league. Yeah, definitely. Ex-Swansea player, isn't he? Yeah, for a couple of seasons and he got a really early goal. Leeds needed it as well, didn't they? After that, was yeah. it a midweek loss to QPR? Yeah, was it? yeah. A couple of wobble, wobbles recently. Yeah. They need, they kind of needed that um, because otherwise they'd be, they'd still be behind United. It just normally still like, but I think they had, they had a gate. Yeah, QPR was like game in hand as well, weren't it for Leeds? Yeah. So they kind of needed um, them three points against West Brom. Yeah, what a way to do it as well against the side that are in amongst you know West Brom sitting in fifth, uh, fourth. fourth is it? Yeah. So even more impressive, really. Um, oh yeah West Brom would have it would have really closed the gap if West Brom had um, won that game yeah and then it would have been quite interesting seeing four sides going going for two spots you know what I mean like rather than just having it like last year where Wolves were you know the outright winners of the league then we had Cardiff who were quite convincing in second um I mean it's still still there's still plenty of games yeah left, so not, could. Norwich are only um they're two points ahead of Leeds four points ahead of United it's not Guaranteed, yeah, their run of form has been pretty um, good as of late, which I'm sure Nathan's going to ramble on about in a minute. Um, but it definitely could go, um, pardon my French, tits up for him. Like they could, well, I, I feel like I'm on the music box right oh, now. Oh, bastard last week. Oh, tits, tits up, up this week, jeez. What's going to be next I'm low, week, boys? I'm lowering the standards, sorry yeah. guys. Would you apologise, guys? Yeah, sorry. Um, but no, it definitely could go um, wrong for Norwich. I'm sure. I'm sure. I think they'll hold on to it. I think Norwich will win the league, in my opinion. I think they'll win it. Nathan, you yeah, feeling the same confidence? Um, well, like I think three teams realistically now are going to be the champions: either Norwich, Leeds, or United. Uh, Norwich. I mean, it's not an easy place to go. The Den to pick up three points. Pookie once again firing on all cylinders, getting a goal. Bundia, couple of assists for him. So yeah, I mean Norwich keep going from strength to strength, really. All right, looking at the looking at this is just a bit different, but like looking at the the three sides, which I said United, Leeds, and Norwich. Who do you think would be most um, like a de- like most comfortable going up as they are? Because like, all of them surely do need a lot of investment, you know, to have a chance of staying up. Norwich have been scoring so many goals. I've just I was just looking back at their. Um, run and they've been scoring three or four consistently yeah there's been a few wobbles here obviously two all against United a few losses but um, four or three goals every other week is very good I don't know if that's down to the fact that they're playing championship side so I don't know if they'll fare as good um, in the Premier League who who did Norwich have up front from that moment Nathan they got Pookie haven't they oh yeah <laughs> who's the the, who's the sub like who does he um, um, they got Jordan Rhodes but oh yeah I mean Pookie he plays pretty much all the way to the end because a lot of his goals have been in the last sort of five or ten minutes well, of it was games. the same in this game wasn't it I think it was yeah, quite late on yeah, the 79th minute yeah, yeah. so I, I can't really comment on Leeds ability in the um, if they were to go up because I haven't really watched or studied their squad enough to really tell you I mean I watched the it was a couple of months but I watched the game against Forest when it was at the city ground um, wasn't a great game from that was one of the games where they did uh, lose um, I I think it's a really good young squad they always produce really good young players um, but I think 
definitely need some more proven Premier League players because you can't expect a, a young side to go straight up and you know be comfortable. I mean, they could do it, but um, I don't. I don't think it'll be a bad idea bringing in some wise heads. And I'm sure with Bielsa at the helm, he could attract many players. I mean, he got. He has strong praise from the likes of Pep Guardiola. He must be doing something right. He's a great manager. I mean, he, he lured in Real Madrid's... Was it, see was it? I mean, he was back up a couple, like last season. But yeah. he's now their third choice and he brought him in. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think Bielsa could definitely attract some big, bigger players if next season, if they did get there. Yeah. But back to who you said, we'd think be most adept to, to performing in the Premier League. It's kind of hard to tell them. And I think all three... I mean, they've been the outstanding three teams in the league, but it's difficult to say which would be the best in the Premier League at this, at this yeah. point. Yeah, I mean, that, that's what I mean. Like, um, certain teams go up and just, you know, they'll, they'll do, I, like I Wolves last year, United come up really comfortable. United came up from League One, and I know they had a bit of a rocky second half of the season, but they showed that they adapted to championship football very quickly. Like, yeah. they were challenging for them. I know they missed out on playoff spots but they were challenging for them playoff spots and at times in the league at times of the season this is last season for anyone wondering um, they were pushing for the higher spots and that yeah. was one season in um, especially when they'd been stuck playing league one football for like six years yeah. so I I think it'd be interesting to see how they'd fare in the championship I'd like to think we'd stay up um, after one season um, I just think it'd be really nice to have Premier League teams coming to Sheffield again yeah. like like you like some Man City Chelsea yeah it's just it's, it'd be it'd make the streets a lot busier wouldn't it yeah <laughs> going yeah. around would be a lot harder um, but yeah going and watching some of those games would be would be a treat wouldn't it after? oh yeah 100% yeah um, they already, United get a good turnout anyway normally yeah. like it's normally in the high 20,000s like. yeah I mean I think going back to who we think would be like you know would cope best in the Premier League I think they have to kind of look at Oh, it's kind of hard though isn't it because Wolves spent a lot of money but it's, it's paid off but then we have Fulham who paid who spent a lot of money and we see it, there's no coercion in that team well their own their owner the son I think Tony Khan is the person who's basically in charge of the transfers so if the manager's not really having a say Yukanovic Ranieri and now Scott Parker's now yeah. the manager I mean these aren't their players. These are Tony Khan's players who he yeah. thinks are going to make the team better. But, I mean, how can he gel however many players they've brought in yeah. all together and play the style you want to play? I mean, it's just mix and match, really. Some have been hit, but a lot of them have not been. I mean, that's what whenever I watch Fulham, um, I watch some of the highlights, it does feel like they're a, they're, they're a team of 11 individuals. Like They, they look quite on their own agenda they just kind of look, especially in defence they look very lost um, likes of Le Marchand who they brought on brought in f- um, from Nice in France and they've also had like Tim Ream who I, I think really isn't good enough for the Premier League and he's been exposed multiple times um, I mean I think Callum Chambers has actually been he, I think Ranieri turned him into more of a defensive midfielder and I think he, he's played well for when I've ever, whenever I've seen him but um yeah, I think that like we're just going back to what we were, we were talking about the championship size. They really need to take a leaf out of their books and just be wise about you know transfers. Don't like we said, don't go out and spend a lot of money on these big profile, big name, big profile players. You just got to be wise. Um, 
I don't so. even think United. I don't think United have a that high of a value squad at the moment. No, it's um, not. It's yeah. very, it's very, for how they're doing compared to teams around them. Yeah, definitely. I mean, low, isn't it? yeah, I mean, like the likes of Forest and Derby have got great financial backing and have done for years, and they've all always kind of been around. There. Well, not so much Forest. That's a bit harsh on Derby for say that if I compare them, but. Um, yeah, like looking at the United squad, there's no names that really shout out as big stars. I know you had like Brooks last year, but it, it, I think it's just more the squad. Um, yeah, United. United. Well, it's just, it must just be a good squad spirit, and the managers just really getting. They are, yeah, fifteenth in the Championship club value. Yeah, it's very, it's it's, it's low for like where they are in the yeah. league, especially like. You'd be expecting the likes of Villa pushing at the top, wouldn't you? Yeah, it's, it's Stoke Villa and West Brom are all over all, The Stoke ones that have recently come down. Struggled this season. Yeah, although they did just beat Forest 2-0. It's um, <laughs> not very hard, is it? <laughs> oh, well, watch out. If, if any uh, Forest fans out there, do apologise. Joe's just getting a bit giddy. Improved. You know, sitting, <laughs> sitting up there at the top on his high perch Villa, tree. 4-0 as well against Derby. Yeah, I mean... Um, Weird one. This all all four goals came in the first half. Uh, Connor Hurahan got a double, and the the big man himself, uh, Tammy Abraham, got a goal as well. So good to see for Jack Grealish. Do you see his goal? No, that was a good one. Yeah, very outside the box. That was his first game back for injury, I think. Wait, who was it? When who? Which Villa player was it that volleyed it from? I don't know if it was Grealish or if that was a game before, but there's one a volley outside the box and I don't know if it might have been even Alan Hutton a couple of games back but um, I mean Villa aren't going to come up this year um, do you not think no no I, I think I think the tables so look having looked at some like some of the tables such as League 1 League 2 Championship compared to the Premier League it, it's quite mad just how tight. how tight it is like between you know if Wednesday, if Wednesday had won it would get they would that would have given them they'd been four points off of yeah that's what I saw and and just to think that a couple of that would have been them being in 11th well yeah and just to think a couple of weeks ago we were saying about how Wednesday you know were we were regarding them more with relegation Mm. whereas now they've had a good few runs yeah it's it's quite I mean that's got to be something to do with the the financial disparity between the Premier League and the Championship as well because in championship it's more of a level playing field, whereas in the Premier League the big teams get get the money, a lot more money. And um, it shows, doesn't it? As you yeah, said, yeah, that's like, what I mean. It's incredibly tight league. Yeah, yeah. The only thing, the, granted, some of the bottom like valued championship clubs like Bolton or Rotherham um, or Ipswich are all sitting at the bottom of the league. As I said earlier, teams like United or um, Wednesday, which aren't worth that much in terms of other in comparison to other teams are still pushing for higher spots and I definitely think it's down to what you said the fact that it's a more of an even playing field compared to um, Premier League where you've got teams like Man City who are, who are owned by a country I've got, yeah, <laughs> I've got so, yeah I've got so much money compared to teams like Huddersfield who yeah just don't have the funds well we weren't in we we're in League One not so long ago were they you know, challenging with United Sheffield United Oh uh, yeah, um, yeah. Is there anything else, boys? You want to talk about from the championship? I think they were like the main games. A lot of them to do with you know things at the top. I mean, I don't know what's happened to Derby. I'll just give Derby another mention because I know that the boys that support Forest back home they're always uh, 
giving it Derby fans. Like the fact is, obviously Derby tend to do have done a lot better than Forest in recent seasons. But it's just that Derby fans get so hyped, but that for years now, I don't know if you guys remember the playoff final against QPR with Bobby Zamora winning that, winning it for Harry Redknapp side. Since then, Derby have always done well, always got near the top, but then they've kind of dropped they off. They always have Christmas. this spell, don't they? After yeah. Christmas, well, every time everyone's like Derby, probably safe for top, top six, and then they just sort of fall off a bit, don't they? Yeah. I don't think it's been the same since Spygate and Lampard's comments. It really seemed to get to him the whole Spygate scenario, and now he, he seems yeah. to be sort of maybe not as mature. You can see as immaturity as a manager. Yeah. I mean, I think a couple of weeks ago he he blasted some of the fans for their away support um, yeah, so, so you can sort of see maybe you know it's just another season under Lampard yeah. is what I'm trying to say here yeah. rather than give him time to tr- sort of embed because you can see he's trying to play football a certain way yeah he's got some really talented players like uh, Harry Wilson I know he's on loan um, same with Mason Mount but obviously it depends whether Liverpool and Chelsea respectively will want to take these players back maybe Chelsea will be more inclined because of the, the transfer ban that they're you know going to receive um, but I think Derby might feel quite com- comfortable like that they could get these players back although perhaps the sides that are going up might be looking at these sort of players and thinking we could take them upwards or teams that have just hung on say if Southampton stay up they might be looking at the likes of Mason Mount to think you know a great young British um, attacking midfielder, you know, that's what that's what they have to contend with next year. So it might not be um, as simple for Derby as they might think. But I think having Frank Lampard, who, like you said, Nathan, is a coach that obviously wants to play attractive football. I think that'll be a, it's a massive boost. Hence why they brought these players in anyway in the first place, knowing that Lampard was there. It's a big draw. Um, Final thoughts. Uh, on the championship who do you think will go up via automatic and who do you Ooh. think will win playoff because I have a bad feeling that if United don't go up by automatic, automatic they'll get to the final of the oh. playoffs and then lose that's the feeling I've got just because United don't do well at Wembley or they haven't in the past so I think that oh god Joe you have got me here boy I uh, think I think Norwich will win it yeah. and I think it, I think it's too close to call between Leeds and United. I think that game, like you said, really could come back to me then, mate. And uh, we, might, we might have better answers I think to it. Definitely it'll be between those three for the top two automatics. But once you get to playoffs, it can be anything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Someone that's finished sixth and only just scraped in, whereas a team who have like 20 points clear of seventh place in third... And then the sixth place team can just beat the third because it's a championship. Anything can happen. Yeah, that's what I mean. And like you said about the tightness of the league, who knows who's going to get that you know, sixth, sixth spot because it looks pretty nailed on that it's likely to be um, Villa, not Villa, sorry, uh, West Brom and Middlesbrough will probably occupy fourth and fifth. Um, obviously, you know, we've seen Bristol City be on, have a really good run. I know they've last couple of games haven't been great for them. Um, but there's so many teams in amongst it you know Derby might sneak it and then bottle it again anyone from 13th if Wednesday keep up the run they're on I could easily see them maybe not finishing in the playoffs but getting very close to them spots which is regarding how poor they were throughout the start of the season well who knows 
Wednesday, go on a mad run, get playoffs, meet Sheffield United in the final. No, I, d- I think if United get playoffs, they'll finish third. And then, and if, then if, if Wednesday, Wednesday yeah. I think it'd be in, in pre... Well, they might knock you out even earlier, Joe. That would be even How worse. embarrassing for me. No, um, I'm going to go oh, Norwich and Leeds to go up. Nathan? Oh, I can't predict it between those three. Go on. Million dollar question. If I was going to say at this point, I'd probably say Leeds win it. Oh, really? No faith. Yeah. What did your father say? And (laughs) Sheffield United second. Oh, there we go. God. Well, wait, wait. Can we go back to last week's prediction for a second? Nathan said, what was it? 4 4 0? 4 1 to Wednesday, was it? Uh, I said 3 1 to Wednesday. 3 1. Just giving a nice little optimistic prediction there for the Wednesday boys. (laughs) Any you want to shout out? Wednesday fans they know who they are they do unlucky <laughs> um, Joe what about you then do you, as a United fan have you got confidence they'll do it automatic um, I'd like to think so but as, as you said wait until Leeds and yeah. then um, <coughs> hopefully uh, that result will go our way and then um, Leeds might trip up I don't know who Leeds have got um, in the next couple weeks because obviously United have Rotherham I think it's Rotherham away um, I don't know exactly if that's the fixture but if it is um, no it's Rotherham at home I think that should be an easy game even though it's kind of like a local derby Yeah. but United have still got Bristol um, which is still going to be a, a tough game well Leeds have got Bristol this Saturday away uh, at Ashton Gate um, and then they've got Reading uh, which they might feel a bit more comfortable with United at home um, Millwall at home which is going to be a physical physical game Birmingham away who aren't doing too bad with Che Adams chipping in a lot of goals Preston away and then yeah Wednesday, like yeah, Wednesday. Wednesday. but um, yeah I, I'm going to stick with Norwich and Leeds to go up I think they'll in that order and what what did you say then Joe uh, I, I said Norwich Norwich to win yeah uh, I'll go United to go put on there go. I, think, I think I've got I've got, got the faith, faith. yeah he's I've got, got faith, faith in like someone. someone yeah I mean, Forrest are going up. I don't know what you're on about, boys. But um, think Ipswich have got a good chance. <laughs> <laughs> Just a few more points. They're almost there. <laughs> um, now there's also uh, darts was in the news in sports this week, Bargain. and I know that Nathan kept a keen eye on that. On that. Yeah, there was the UK Open over the weekend. It's a three-day event. It's known for it. It's known as the FA Cup of Darts because of the random draw. That it is. Uh, just, you know, so many games over three days, frantic, fast paced action. Um, yeah, in, in the fourth round where some of the big names entered, they were immediately knocked out, like, you know, your Michael Van Gerwens, Gary Andersons, Peter Wrights. Um, the winner was Nathan Aspinall, who is 27, won his first major ranking title by beating Rob Cross 11 5 in the final. Uh, the final four saw some of the brightest names in the sport. Uh, you got Aspinall, Cross, Michael Smith, and Gerwin Price. It was nice to see a fan of darts win as well because Aspinall is that if nice name Aspinall. Aspinall. I think Nathan, I think Nathan Aspinall. 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 Yeah. Aspinall. Yeah. Um, he said that four years before this um, victory for him, he was going as a fan with his granddad to um, the UK Open of darts. It's always nice to see fans get involved with their sport and actually yeah. produce a very strong performance. Even yeah. if it is, yeah. 
I mean, before this event, he was 34th ranked in the world and following the win, he is now 16th ranked. There we go. Um, he only won back his tour card for Pro Tour PDC events last January, um, which means it's the fastest time a player, it's the fastest time it's taken a player to reach the top 16 after winning a tour card ever in only 406 days. So, quite so impressive. we'll be expecting to see Aspinall a lot more on our TVs, TV screens when we got yeah, the map def- darts. Definitely, because he was in the semi-finals of the World Championships last December as well. He's definitely a young player on the rise. Um, also, just the second player in PDC history to win a televised tournament with a 170 dart finish after Colin Lloyd. So, yeah, you can definitely see him staking his claim to a few more titles down the line. Yeah. Um, speaking of darts, has uh, has varsity darts been played yet? Um, I haven't been keeping a key on it myself. I haven't personally been keeping out, but if it hasn't been played, it is a bargain for anyone who's looking for tickets. Yeah, it's it's at University of Sheffield Student Union. I think uh, it's how it is. The uh, Octagon, I believe it is. Oh. Um. So yeah, I think it was fifty-four pounds for for seven people, seven people, six people at a table. Um. I think Joe has some more details. Uh, I've got no details on the matter. Oh, Joe. I thought this was your forte. Don't throw me under the bus like that. I won't. Um, I'm currently scrambling for information and I wish I hadn't brought dots up. Um, uh, I have got no clue when it is. Um, sorry, guys. You're going to have to look on the... Uh, hasn't done his research. I haven't done... I haven't done up with no... Call me out for I giving know. the flannel in later. But, I'm sorry, you know. lads. It's just... It's a shambles, isn't it? That's right. Me and Nathan will go about you anyway. I'm getting replaced next week, aren't I, by Bondi? <laughs> You're back, Bondi. <laughs> um, I just want to round up the show by, I just thought it was worth mentioning, the funeral which took place for Gordon Banks, who a couple of weeks back we mentioned had unfortunately passed away, the uh, Eng- the ex-England legend goalkeeper. Um, and was it Casper Schmeichel, Joe Hart and Butland... And there was there was um whoever Chestfield's keeper is at the moment. It was a keeper all clubs from linked to so yeah Bank. yeah was did Joe they, Art did for England didn't he? Is that who they represent used as being? I it, think so because yeah. they had Leicester's yeah, yeah, Schmeichel, Butland Stoke, and then they had um, Anion. I can't think of the first name. They had Chesterfield. Yeah, Chesterfield's keeper. Yeah. Um, and then obviously Joe Art for yeah, England for the Paul Bearers. Yeah, yeah, which is quite a nice. Classic, weren't it? Really? Yeah. Uh, the more brothers were there as well from the '66 World Cup because I think yeah. they're some of the only. Well, I don't think. What? I don't think it would have been the more brothers. Yeah. Do you mean Charlton? Yeah, Charlton. Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah. Oops, Someone sorry. hasn't done their research part two. Bobby um, Moore might be dead as well. So. Yeah. God, it's like it's like last week when Josh offered condolences to. See, you can tell Joe doesn't listen to it. It was a couple of weeks back, buddy. But um, oh, yeah, but going back to the 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 matter, um, we'll just you know it's obviously not nice what's happened. Um, it's, we send our condolences to his family, like we said the other week. Um, but yeah, do make sure you tune in next week, guys, for episode seven. We'll be back. Don't worry. Um, it's been a pleasure having you here. Will we talk about the Champions League results? Yeah, we'll and make a prediction. Yeah, for yeah. So, well. so for next yeah. week, we'll be talking about Champions League. I'm you know, possibly the, discussing some more controversial issues to do with sport. Um, yeah, which we hadn't had time Definitely to discuss. Some topical, general sport sort of issues. Yeah, yeah. more more p- 
opinionated, not a debate, but kind of more of a discussion type thing where instead of just repeating scores and analytics. Yeah, we might we might get Adam Bond on for that one. Oh. Um, who knows? But yeah, just want to say again, thanks guys for listening. Yeah, thanks. Um, and we'll see you next week. See you in a bit.